morning, my friends, and welcome to yet another scintillating installment of the program. As you no doubt are keenly aware at this point, my voice is somewhat teetering on the edge. I seem to have contracted the Democrat redcoat flu. That's the one that really only affects us conservatives and makes it very difficult for us to talk for a time. Give me a day or two and I'll be back at it in top form. Even though I'm feeling a little crappy this morning, I didn't want to pass up the opportunity to just speak with you briefly about the vote that happened on Monday. In short, we won. Regardless of what the media, the Redcoats, and everybody who is not a conservative said about that vote, conservatives won. We've been talking about this vote for a long time. And this has been a process that began in last session with the vote on the Fairness in Women's Sports Act. And if you recall, many conservatives campaigned on that very vote, or lack thereof, as the case may be. You see, the Redcoats didn't want to talk about that. And so it was brought to a vote in the House of Representatives and it required a two-thirds majority to bring it up. That vote failed. And so we didn't even get to talk about that. But a lot of conservatives across the state used that one bill as a campaign issue. It signified Cheyenne's unwillingness to talk about the issues that really affect Wyoming citizens and the ones that we really care about. And so when it became clear that conservatives may take power in Cheyenne, at least in the House of Representatives, the Redcoats hatched a plot to change the rules and set them in opposition to what they were before, to give the Redcoats an unfair advantage, one that they hadn't earned in the election. And that's all of the rule changes we've been talking about for the last few episodes. On Monday, it all came to a head. In a vote of 36 to 26, the Wyoming House of Representatives voted to give the majority floor leader a two-thirds vote. That is, to override his decision in ordering of bills, it would require a two-thirds vote. It also gave that same threshold to the Speaker of the House. and over, In order to override his decision, it would also require a two-thirds vote. I don't want to lead you to believe that this whole discussion in the House was rainbows and lollipops. It wasn't. The Redcoats did their best to defeat the vote. Of course they would, because it wouldn't work in their advantage. You see, their whole plot was to be able to override the conservative majority floor leader with a simple majority because they already had a majority of the votes in the House. Well, that's when they actually work with the Democrats, and they're honest about it. They work with the Democrats most of the time anyway, but in this case, they would have to do it overtly. But they tried their best. Let me give you an example. If you vote for this rule, can you mind? If you vote for this rule, it's not a, it's not a conservative vote. It's not being conservative. It's being authoritarian. Okay, and there's a difference. Because being conservative and being authoritarian are different things. The practical effect of this rule, if adopted, will be that the bills that do come to the floor will probably be a lot more bland, frankly. It'll be less interesting, right? I don't, I'm not going to allow the use of, like, judging whether somebody's conservative or authoritarian um, at the line. What's interesting about this soundbite is you hear Speaker of the House Albert Somers admonish Clark Stiff for saying, if you vote for this rule change, you're an authoritarian and it's not conservative. 
That was probably the most shocking comment we heard out of the Redcoats during this whole debate. It's kind of ironic. Through this whole debate, all of the Redcoats are talking about respect. And then Speaker Pro Tem Clark Stiff gets up and calls everybody who's interested in this rule change an authoritarian. As if Clark Stiff really knows what an authoritarian is anyway. Now, the rest of the Redcoats made arguments as to why we should vote down this rule change. Some of them actually sounded kind of persuasive. But in the end, the vote passed 36 to 26. It is a win for conservatives in that the majority floor leader cannot be overruled by a simple majority. But you have to remember what was given up to the Speaker of the House. He can't be overruled without a two-thirds majority either. And a rule was eliminated that compelled the Speaker of the House to assign a bill to committee. Before this rule change, if the Speaker of the House didn't assign a bill to committee, a rule violation could be called, the Rules Committee would be asked for a decision on it, and then the Speaker of the House could be overridden by a majority vote. That rule is no longer in effect. So now, to do the very same thing, it requires a two-thirds vote, and you don't get to say that the Speaker of the House violated the rules. The other thing that this whole rule change did is it eliminated the power of the Democrats in the House of Representatives. The Redcoats no longer have the option of asking the Democrats for help, because they just wouldn't have the votes to get to two-thirds. So all in all, this rule change is a win for conservatives. But it's important for all of us to understand what it cost us. We had to give a little to get a little. And in the end, you have two sides of the aisle in the same party that came up with a compromise that would work for both sides. And here's how you know that that's the case. The conservatives didn't have the votes to pass this rule change on their own. It would take a majority of the House of Representatives to do it. And in the end, that's exactly what happened. Later on today, I'm going to publish the entire debate so that you can hear exactly how the whole thing happened. I've also got an article written that I'm going to publish at CowboyStatePolitics.com later today that'll tell you the tale of this entire rule change. It's one that goes back to the Fairness and Women's Sports Act, and there's a lot of twists and turns in it. I think you'll find it an interesting read. So later on today, you can find that at CowboyStatePolitics.com. For the rest of this episode, I've selected a flashback from about a year ago entitled, We're All Radicals. Given what the mainstream Wyoming liberal media has been saying about all of us, it seems pretty fitting. Before we get there, though, some completely egregious self-aggrandizement. You can listen to the podcast on any of your favorite podcasting apps. iHeartRadio, iTunes, TuneIn, really any of them will work. But the easiest way is just to go to the website, cowboystatepolitics.com. There, you can find all of the shows, as well as any of the articles that I might bring up during the course of a program. If your name is Sleepy Joe Biden, or you're one of these redcoats that's bummed out that the majority of the House of Representatives voted against your evil plot, well, you can go to CowboyStatePolitics.com, pull up an article, and educate yourself, just like you should have been doing before you drove to Cheyenne. This installment of Cowboy State Politics is brought to you by Morton Buildings. 
If you're in the market for an outbuilding or a garage or a barn or a roping arena or maybe a giant warehouse, then you should give my friends Nick and Jesse a call at 307-674-2532. These guys are the experts in metal building construction. They've been doing it longer than anybody else around, and they definitely do it better than anybody else around. So it doesn't really matter what type of building you're interested in. Give Nick and Jesse a call, and they can handle all the details. Again, their phone number is 307-674-2532, or you can check them out on their website at mortonbuildings.com. It's Wednesday, and that means it's Gun of the Week time from Gunrunner Auctions. This week, it's lot number 153. It's a Uberti model 1873 engraved 45 long Colt revolver with a five and a half inch barrel. It's brand new and unfired in the box. This one's interesting though, because the SAA, as the box states, is silver, but it appears to have been gold washed and it has mother of pearl grips that are already installed. It has fire blue frame screws that are a nice accent. It's a very handsome weapon with an engraved frame. The trigger guard, the barrel slide, and the ejector, the rod, and the butt. Like I said, it's got the five and a half inch barrel, fixed sights, the factory box with correct end labels, and a gun lock. It doesn't have any papers on it, but this thing is a beautiful firearm. You can check it out at gunrunnerauctions.com. It's lot number 153. Make sure you go check it out before somebody else gets the weapon before you do. It's snowing here in the middle swamp. Like, a lot. And the worst possible scenario out of all of this is you have to go out and shovel the walk and allow your feet to get icy cold and perhaps frostbitten. Well, it's not exactly that cold. But to prevent that whole scenario, then you should get yourself some socks from the Buffalo Wool Company. I'm telling you, my friends, these are the warmest socks that I've ever put on my feet. Now, if you have problems keeping your feet warm like I do, I strongly suggest you go to the Buffalo Wool CO and get some of their amazing socks. That's the Buffalo Wool Company. And now, back to the program. As I mentioned, my friends, this is about all my voice is going to take. And so I've selected an episode from a year ago entitled, We're All Radicals. Seems appropriate now. I should be back in top form tomorrow for the live episode, beginning at 10 a.m. You can find the link at CowboyStatePolitics.com or on the Cowboy State Politics Facebook page. So here's a, the episode from a year ago, entitled, We're All Radicals. People who don't understand our Constitution. We're fed up with people who don't understand what made this country great. And we're fed up with people who don't understand freedom and liberty. And we're fed up with Liz Cheney. Do you know what I'm fed up about? January 6th. Every single news program you try to watch. There it is. January 6th commission. Liz Cheney says this. Liz Cheney says that. Liz Cheney couldn't tell the truth if her life depended on it. Wait, no. They don't say that at all. But this is precisely why I haven't watched the news for any length of time recently. I just can't stand it. 
Every time you turn around, every news program, every channel, every newspaper, God, it's infuriating. If you just paid attention to the mainstream media, you would assume that that was the only thing that was going on in our country. A little bit further into the program, I'm going to play for you an exchange between Fox News's Brett Baer and Virginia Congresswoman Crickets Cheney. Honestly, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't refer to her in that fashion. I mean, she really doesn't even visit Wyoming, except to pander to the small group of never-Trumpers that happen to live here. In all fairness, though, she does show up on occasion, but it's interesting how she does it. It's never really announced ahead of time, and she's in and out so that none of us could get a hold of her. You know, because anybody that disagrees with Cricket's Cheney is obviously some sort of radical. Well, anyhow, my friends, welcome to the program. From high above all other unbelievably pedantic forms of Wyoming mainstream media, this is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, broadcasting to you from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming. As we're going to talk about someone who has made it their life's mission to promote themselves, I see no reason why we shouldn't do a little bit of egregious self-aggrandizement of our own. You can listen to the podcast on any of your favorite podcasting apps. Amazon Music, iTunes, TuneIn, really any of them will work. But the easiest way is just to go to the website, CowboyStatePolitics.com. There you can find all of the shows as well as any of the articles that I might bring up during the course of a program. If your name is Crickets Cheney and you have no idea what's going on in Wyoming, well... You can go to CowboyStatePolitics.com, pull up an article, and educate yourself as to why you're not going to win your re-election campaign. The quick and dirty answer to that question is, you're a fraud, and Wyoming doesn't like you anymore. But, this program being what it is, a short and dirty, simple answer like that just certainly won't do. We begin this morning with a poignant article I found at SpectatorWorld.com entitled, Why Doesn't Liz Cheney Mention January 6th to Her Voters? The subtitle being, Because There Are Two Versions of the Wyoming Congresswoman, Local and National. This was published on December 22nd of 2021, and I quote, Ahem, ahem. We are eagerly anticipating a number of clashes in the 2022 midterm elections in under a year's time. Chief among them is the battle Congresswoman Liz Cheney faces with Trump-backed challenger Harriet Hegeman to hold on to Wyoming's sole seat in the House of Representatives. So how is the incumbent presenting herself to her voters? Cheney has sought to bolster her reputation as, quote, the last honest Republican in Washington. Oh, bullcrap! Uh, by peri periodically challenging former President Donald Trump in TV appearances with NBC, CBS, and Fox News friendlier faces. Brett Baer and freshly departed Sunday host Chris Wallace. But most significantly, she has raised her national profile through her role as vice chair of the January 6th committee, upon which she and Adam Kinzinger are the only two redcoats. Uh, no, it doesn't say that. It says Republicans. End quote. Clearly, all of us in the cowboy state already know that, so let's skip a paragraph. Quote, But you wouldn't know any of that from the weekly roundup Cheney's team sent to her supporters on Friday. Instead, Cheney's mailer describes her co-sponsorship of H.R. 6187, the Cold Cancel... Council Certainty Act of 2021, her two remote interviews with local station KGWN to discuss Biden's energy policies and modernizing, quote, nuclear deterrence at F.E. Warren. 
Her conversation with the Wyoming Stock Growers Association and Wool Growers Association, both of those remote, and a rare appearance in Wyoming at the Douglas Congregational Church. No mention whatsoever is made of Cheney's travails with the January 6th committee. We wonder, does she assume Wyomingites have been keeping up with the proceedings on MSNBC? <laughs> I doubt very seriously that that's the case. While Rachel Maddow might fit in on Cheney's campaign staff, Wyoming citizens would spot that phony a mile away and probably escort her to the state line. But the article posits a different possibility. Quote, an alternative explanation is posited by our colleague, our Wyoming correspondent, Chilton Williamson Jr., who has previously written about the, quote, incontrovertible fact that the majority of her constitu constituency back in Wyoming is madly for the Donald, end quote. Cheney knows that her exploits on the January 6th committee don't play well with her base back home, but there's a lucrative reason for her perseverance in her anti-Trump efforts. They make her an awful lot of money from out-of-staters. As Williamson wrote earlier this year, quote, In 2020, the Cheney campaign raised most of its funds from Wyoming citizens. This year, as reported by the Cowboy State Daily, owing to the new PAC, it is receiving money from donors in other states. Prominent among them is Virginia, who would have saw that one coming, New York, California, Florida, and from many famously wealthy communities within these states, including Manhattan's Upper East Side, the Hamptons, Beverly Hills, and Atherton, California. End quote. All of those places that the author mentioned are anathema to Wyoming and her citizens. That's why Liz Cheney doesn't bring up the January 6th commission on the few times that she's actually in the state, because she doesn't care what we think and most of her money comes from out-of-state sources. One more little tidbit from the article, quote, Cheney's opponent Harriet Hageman is not amused by the congresswoman's two faces. Quote, Liz Cheney spends all of her time co-chairing the sham January 6th committee, working for Nancy Pelosi, spinning false conspiracy theories, and abetting the falsification of evidence by Adam Schiff, she told us. Quote, but when she sends her newsletters back home, she never mentions any of that because she knows Wyomingites don't support it. We know what she's up to. She's helping the Democrats attack President Trump and distract from the Biden disaster. And it's why she's worn out her welcome here in Wyoming. End quote. In other words, we're completely fed up with Cricket's Cheney. It's a fascinating little article, and I've put a link to it on the content page at CowboysStatePolitics.com. But the real problem here is that Wyoming citizens know there are a slew of other more immediate concerns than what happened on January 6th. While we could all agree that what happened at the Capitol was wrong and it should have never happened and we probably shouldn't let it happen again, there's a lot more pressing issues facing Wyoming citizens than that dumb, farcical January 6th committee. For example, today I paid $3.23 to fill up my car in Sheridan. The reason why I bought gas there is if I had waited till I got to Buffalo, I would have paid $3.40. Democrats in Congress, including Redcoats, Liz Cheney, Adam Kinziger, and a whole bunch of others, are trying desperately to make us jab a needle into our arm and give us a shot that isn't effective and that none of us want. And then there's this whole list of problems from Fox News. This is Jesse Waters interviewing former Trump official Stephen Miller. Yeah, but there's a term that we use in politics when we say we either have an optics problem or we have a reality problem. An optics problem is something isn't actually bad, but it's made to look that way. A reality problem is what this administration has. 
and even the extraordinary messaging skills of Ron Klain aren't enough to get out of the reality problem. The reality problem is an inflation crisis, an energy crisis, a jobs crisis, an Afghanistan crisis, a COVID crisis, and a southern border crisis, and now a supply chain crisis. You can't talk your way out of it. You either fix the problems or you don't. And this shows, this flippant endorsement that Ron Klain has made of this high-class nonsense shows that they're not serious about trying to solve these problems. They're, in fact, serious about making them worse. The reconciliation bill means more inflation. Their recent announcement that they're gutting ICE means more illegal immigration. And Joe Biden has no idea whatsoever what he's going to do about the supply chain crisis, which means the essential things that you need for your family aren't going to show up until it's too late. All of those problems are things that our elected representatives need to be focused on, instead of playing patty cake with a farcical January 6th commission to find out just one more way that they can damage former President Trump. Okay, now here's the Brett Bear clip that I mentioned earlier. This is Liz Cheney's answer as to why she's not focused on all of those things that are directly impacting Wyoming citizens. Now, there's a whole bunch of stuff in here that is completely misleading or out and out not true. So we're going to do a little bit of stop and start and point them out as we go. But here it is. What do you say to somebody sitting at home who may say, listen, I think that day was horrible. What happened that day was horrible. But I'm worried about getting my kids to school. I'm worried about what's happening with COVID. I'm worried about the next economic blip that I may face. And they look at the focus on 1-6 and say... Why is this so important that I have to, that everything else gets pushed off to the side? What do you say to them? That I absolutely share those concerns. You know, I, uh, I voted with President Trump 93% of the time, more than most Republican members of the, of the House of Representatives. Okay, this one's only partially true. Now, she did vote with President Trump 94% of the time. It's not 93. Don't undercut yourself there, crickets. But those aren't the important votes. The important ones are the 6% that she didn't vote with President Trump. And all of those were big foreign policy matters, like pulling our troops out of Syria or the border wall or funding the border wall. It was all of those big items that Crickets Cheney voted against the president. This next one is completely laughable. I'm a conservative Republican. I believe that the policies of the Biden administration are bad for this country. <laughs> no, she's not a conservative. She's what's called a neoconservative. I know the two sound the same, but they couldn't be any different from each other. Neoconservatives aren't conservatives at all. In fact, they're big government liberals. Where the term came from was disaffected liberals that didn't see the big government policies that they had become so accustomed to. Now, the reason why it's called neoconservative is the conservative part refers to the old conservatives like kings and aristocracy, the elites. Neoconservatives are your military adventurers that get us into wars that have nothing to do with our interests. You know like good old Dick Cheney used to do. They're also in favor of big government social programs, huge spending packages that make their buddies a whole heck of a lot of money. That's why Nancy Pelosi likes her so much. Crickets Cheney is a big government establishment Republican that doesn't bear any resemblance to what we consider a conservative to be now. On Weekend Update, I'm going to replay the episode in which I explain exactly what a neoconservative is, just so we're all on the same page of who and what Liz Cheney is. Anyway, 
Let's continue with Liz. But I also know that this country must go forward on a basis of truth. We've got to be faithful to the Constitution and the rule of law. And that if we aren't faithful to those things, and if we don't tell the truth about history, then the institutions themselves begin to unravel. So if we want to be in a position where we can advocate conservative policies again, we've got to tell the truth about January 6th, and we have to make sure that it never happens again. There she goes with all her Constitution talk again. If Liz Cheney actually lived in Wyoming, she'd have more time to read the Constitution because it snows nine months out of the year. But it's very clear that she doesn't have any understanding what constitutional principles are. I'll give you just one. Due process. Six minutes after the riot on January 6th of 2021 had begun, Liz Cheney was already blaming President Trump. Six minutes. The truth is, all evidence was to the contrary. President Trump told the crowd to peacefully and patriotically march to the Capitol. And now we found that there's most certainly many people that stormed the Capitol building that really didn't have anything to do with that Trump rally. But when she's talking about constitutional principles, what about the right to confront your accuser? How about the rights of all of the people that have been arrested in connection with the January 6th riot that have been held in solitary confinement for months without seeing a judge? What about their rights? And then, of course, there's the whole impeachment thing that isn't anywhere in the Constitution where you can impeach a president after he's out of office. It's fascinating that Liz Cheney keeps saying you can't keep repeating the big lie, but here she is doing that very thing, claiming that she's standing for constitutional principles when everybody in Wyoming can see that she's doing exactly the opposite. That is exactly why Liz Cheney got censured by the majority of counties in Wyoming. Speaking of which, you're going to absolutely love this next part. So why did the Wyoming Republican Party pass this resolution to no longer recognize you as a Republican and put out this long, lengthy statement about how you're closer to Nancy Pelosi and they have a problem with that? Why? Well, uh, I would note the vote was 31 to 29, so it it was a close run thing. Okay, I just can't help myself here. Obviously, had Liz Cheney attended that Central Committee meeting that was held in Buffalo, like she's been asked to for over 400 days, she would know that the vote was not 31 to 29. Secondly, she wouldn't have had to get all of her information from Redcoat Frontier Joe McGinley. Anyhow, here's what the actual vote was. Pay close attention to the numbers. Who counts 32 if you are... And 29, no. Well, that motion has passed. We'll get back to the solution to our Liz Cheney problem here in just a second. But first, a totally obscene profit timeout. Cowboy State Politics is brought to you by Morton Buildings. The weather outside has kind of warmed up a little bit. A respite from the bone-chilling temperatures we experienced last week. But don't be fooled, my friends. That white crap is still going to make another appearance. And your fancy, shiny, and expensive toys are going to be left out in it. 
You could have prevented all of this very easily by contacting my friends Nick and Jesse at Morton Buildings, 307-674-2532. These guys are the experts in metal building construction, and they've been doing it longer than anybody else around. They're just the two guys you need to talk to about protecting your expensive, fun toys. Really, all you need to do is tell them what you've got rolling around in that brain of yours, and they'll handle all the details to protect all of your important investments. So give them a call, Morton Buildings at 307-674-2532, or you can check them out on their website at mortonbuildings.com. The time has finally arrived, my friends, a chance to talk about my favorite subject, the things that go boom, brought to you by The Gunrunner Online Auctions. They have an auction ongoing right now, and you need to go to thegunrunner.com and check out all of the fantastic firearms that they have up for sale. The gun of the week, and this will come as no surprise to anyone that knows me, is lot number three. It is a Fabric National High Power 9mm automatic pistol. It was manufactured in Belgium under Nazi occupation during World War II. These pistols are amazing. I used to own one of them. This particular one is in good condition. It's the third variation. Um, It's got matching numbers on both the side and the frame, and it is highly desirable. The gun has a little bit of wear, but I'm telling you, these are the pistol version of the Model 94 Winchester. That's my personal opinion, and then again, I am a bit obsessed with these types of pistols. If that one's not right up your alley, there's hundreds more guns to choose from on thegunrunner.com. So go to their website, check them out. There's a link to it on the Sponsors tab at cowboystatepolitics.com. Maybe there's a firearm you've been dreaming about, and you just don't know it yet. So you need to go to the website and see what they have up for sale. That's The Gunrunner Online Auctions. The Wyoming State GOP Central Committee meeting will be held in Douglas, Wyoming, January 21st and 22nd. The actual meeting is on the 22nd, but the dinner on the 21st will feature yours truly and Ken Pendergraf from the Ramble Room as the keynote speaker. If you don't have a ticket yet, you can contact Bob or Vicki Winnie. This is an event you don't want to miss. And now, more reasons why we should get rid of Liz Cheney post-haste. say that I'm being a little nitpicky here, but I'm not. Those numbers are important. Where the 3129 number comes from is that was the lie that Redcoat Frontier Joe McGinley told the press in an attempt to smear candidate Harriet Hegeman. And you just heard our wayward representative repeat that lie. Trust me, she's not dumb enough to not check the numbers before she says stuff in the press. She repeated that on purpose. The episode that I talk about all of this in is called Parliamentary Procedure Perfection. You should go back and listen to it because I completely explain exactly what the problem with those numbers is. Well, anyhow, here's what Crickets has to say about you and me and every conservative Republican in the state of Wyoming. 
Um, and, and certainly there are people in the state party apparatus uh, of my home state who um, are quite radical. And uh, some of those same people um, include people who uh, were here on January 6th, uh, include a party chair who has toyed with the idea of secession. Uh, so there is, there is a very radical element of the Republican Party in the same way that there's a radical element of the Democratic Party. But, but we have to be in a position where we are able to come together, where we're able to focus on substance, on policy. And I look forward very much to putting my record of delivering for the people of Wyoming and fidelity to the Constitution uh, up for the people of Wyoming to make a decision about uh, this, this election cycle. Oh, you're totally right about that one, Liz. We are definitely going to put your record up for questioning. Just like her January 6th commission, if you don't agree with Liz Cheney, you are a radical. But let me ask you this. Is it radical to not show up for work and still think that you get all of the benefits from work? Is it radical to completely ignore the people that hired you? Is it radical to violate everybody's constitutional rights and then on the other hand claim that you're the only one supporting the Constitution? Of course it is. And Wyoming citizens are completely fed up with all of it. Speaking of being fed up, Here's Harriet Hegeman's speech from the November GOP Central Committee meeting in Buffalo. We're all fed up. We're fed up with Washington, D.C. We're fed up with mask mandates. We're fed up with vaccine mandates. We're fed up with uh, an, an open border and uncontrolled immigration. We're fed up with inflation. We're fed up with rising gas prices and rising food prices. We're fed up with the Biden administration. We're fed up with Nancy Pelosi. We're fed up with Democrats who are trying to destroy our country and Republicans who won't protect us. We're fed up with the folks in, in, in D.C. that don't understand what's going on in Wyoming. We're fed up with people who don't understand our trucking industry but want to destroy it. We're fed up with people who don't understand the supply chain but think that they can have $5 gasoline and it's not going to affect the poorest among us. We're fed up with people who don't have any common sense. We're fed up with people who don't understand our Constitution. We're fed up with people who don't understand what made this country great. And we're fed up with people who don't understand freedom and liberty. And we're fed up with this change. Hegeman was on the Sean Hannity radio program yesterday to talk about the race with Liz Cheney. Here's just a piece of it. I'm trying to wrap my my mind around what has happened to Liz Cheney. I mean, the very people that attacked her father as a war criminal, a murderer, a crook, went after their friend Scooter Libby. She's now aligned with what happened. Well, I think it's just it can be explained in, in large part by the Trump derangement syndrome. There are certain people who suffer from it, and she and Nancy Pelosi are two of them. And I, I don't know that it's much more complicated than that. I think that she saw what happened on January 6th as an opening to try to purge Donald Trump from the party. And that's what she's doing. That's what her agenda is. It's not the agenda of Wyoming. It's not what we want. He won Wyoming by 70% of the vote. And I think if the election were held tomorrow, he would probably receive even more than that after what we've seen over the last year and what we've learned about the, some of the other issues you raised uh, before you brought me onto the show, the, the, the dirty rush. Uh, opposition research that was used to spy on a presidential campaign and then later used to try to destroy his administration. There are just so many examples of people in Washington, D.C., and it's worse than just a swamp. What you have is you have people who are very, very corrupt. They didn't like an outsider being Donald Trump, and they want to destroy him. And I think well, let me ask you this. In that camp. 
did Liz Cheney ever stand up and and speak out loudly against the the witch hunt, the Russia hoax, the the missed the Russian disinformation dossier? Because I don't recall that she was involved. And she keeps saying that she, you know, everybody needs a fidelity to the Constitution. Well, I can't think of anything more unconstitutional than what happened. Well, I agree with you. I'm a constitutional attorney. That's actually what I do for a living. I've been a trial attorney for almost 33 years. So I actually understand what the Constitution means and, and, and the provisions that are important in terms of these discussions. I'm not sure that Liz Cheney does. I don't remember her coming out and attacking that. I do know that one of the, 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 the pieces of misinformation that was put out there uh, was in the summer of 2020 when President Trump was attacked with the alleged Russian bounties on our soldiers had in Afghanistan. If you remember, Liz Cheney was one of the very first ones who came out and attacked him over that. We now know that that was, again, a hoax. That was not in, that was not accurate information. And I think that that's when a lot of people in Wyoming really started questioning her judgment because she started attacking President Trump long before January 6th. I think she was doing it more strategically. Now it's just a, you know, a, a, a scorched earth type approach of if she wants to banish him and anyone associated with him or anyone who supports he or his policy, she wants to banish them from the Republican Party. In fact, Listen, so well, I think there's evidence who- of that. Well, I think that all of what Harriet just said is absolutely true. We are missing one big point, that Liz Cheney hasn't changed. This is who she's always been, the neoconservative political opportunist that will do just about anything to further her own political ambitions. And of course, those ambitions of her family. Don't forget, Liz Cheney receives a ton of money from defense contractors. The reason for that is her firmly held neoconservative belief in military foreign adventurism. Here's a little bit more of her discussion with Sean. And so when you have this attitude of what happened that day is worse than anything else, what my first reaction is, is you're trying to say that they're important than, more important than, than, than the police officers at the federal agents in, in, in uh, uh, Portland, Oregon. We should prosecute the people who broke the law. But what Liz Cheney is doing is, as you said, this is a report and an outcome that we already know what it is because we know the politics of what they're attempting to do with it. She said it on Sunday. The purpose of this is to make sure that President Trump never comes near office again. That isn't her job. It isn't her role. It isn't why we in Wyoming sent her to Washington, D.C. That would be the decision of the American people, Harriet, in my view. Let me ask you this, because you not only endorsed, but you actively campaigned for and supported Liz Cheney. Um, In any way, was this was this painful to you? I mean, did you go through a process of trying to understand what happened? Because I did. I'm I knew them well. I I supported her in 2016. And uh, in this last election in 2020, she won 69% of the vote in Wyoming. So a lot of people obviously supported Liz Cheney. What we've been watching, though, over a period of time, starting in January, and I I, I started thinking about running against her last spring, uh, and then that developed over time, and and then put together my campaign, and we made the announcement in September after I received the endorsement of President Trump. But it has been... Shocking to understand, number one, her ignorance of the people in Wyoming, her lack of understanding where we are in Wyoming, and her lack of understanding of why we sent her to Washington, D.C., and it wasn't to go on a witch hunt. It wasn't to align with Nancy Pelosi, and it wasn't to receive the endorsement of Kamala Harris. No, it most certainly was not. 
It was to represent the best interests of Wyoming and her citizens. Throughout this episode, we've talked about the challenges that Wyoming citizens are facing. Well, not just Wyoming citizens, but it's the whole country. So just ask yourself, what has Liz Cheney done to help those? Just name one thing that she's done recently that helps any of the things that we're dealing with on a daily basis. That's what I thought. You can't really come up with one, can you? And then the secondary question, well, perhaps the most important question, is why then should we keep Liz Cheney as our representative? We shouldn't. Thanks for listening to that flashback from a year ago. And probably more importantly, thanks for putting up with my few voice problems I'm having this morning. Have a good rest of your week, and we'll talk again tomorrow morning during the live episode. Again, you can get the link at CowboyStatePolitics.com or at the Cowboy State Politics Facebook page. But for now, from the depths of the Middle Swamp in Wyoming's capital of Cheyenne, I'm David Iverson, and this is the one and only Cowboy State Politics. Cowboy State Politics.